Yuck Mala! Yuck Mala! Welcome back, my friends, to the Cult Film Showdown. I am your host, 8th Dan Stanadu, and I am truly pleased to be welcoming back my good friends. And I have Jack Hall. Yes, Jack Hall. The one and only. The one and the only. Yes, that's correct. And the second and only, we have Nick Boxer. Clean up on all four. <laughs> you can also call him Chains. <laughs> Chains, yes. Ah, uh, yes. And then, of course, we'll, uh, you know, our the last member of our little biker gang, we have Jim. Jim Cotta. You know, Stone Cold only works because his name's Stone. Like, Cotta Cold doesn't sound <laughs> yeah. well. Well, It's not his real name. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So, First we got some- as as you may have guessed, we are we are doing Stone Cold with the Boz, Brian Bosworth. I I just like saying the Boz, like the, that's the yeah, shit right yeah. there. But uh, you know, a, a fella not known for his acting, um, not really actually known for his football either. But hey, you can't, you can't win them all in this no, case. No, he's known for his mullet. <laughs> but uh, James. Yes. James, this is your season concept that we are wrapping up, so give us the lowdown. All right. Well, 85 minutes of fame is this season, and uh, the focus has been on uh, performers who are best known for something other than acting who are in a featured or lead role uh, in a film. This one features uh, Stone Cold, which, as you said, uh, features uh, Brian Bosworth, winner of the 1990 Dolph Lugger Lookalike Contest. <laughs> well, the same director as directed Dark Angel. Yes, it is. Like, you bet. Yeah, that, that explains the mullet. That explains much. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, now let's get to the part we're all looking forward to. That's right, Nick. Nick, yeah. do it. Do Nick, it. You picked the movie, Nick. This was yours, so yes, uh, yes, you should, you know, should be no, good no, at no, this. This is, this is a favorite movie of mine. Well, in this subtle docudrama of <laughs> cops undercover. No, I'm, I'm joking. Uh, uh, it's the Son of Anarchy pilot episode. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, this movie is macho bullshit. Um, <laughs> makes no sense whatsoever, but is awesome in every way. Uh, our man, uh, John Stone, or John Huff, is tasked to bring down a badass biker gang led by Lance Hendrickson because, you know, he's a tough guy. And, uh, you know, there's this second in command in the gang played by William Forsythe in probably his best role ever, although there's tons of awesome roles for William Forsythe. So, John, big city blues undercover, you know, he collects evidence and, uh, (laughs) Try, tries to bring down this gang, infiltrate this gang, and you know it all goes to shit. And uh, you know he's just forced to kill everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, really, this movie is—if you've seen a Fast and the Furious movie, this is basically it. You had one more speech about family, although there is still a couple in this one. Um, yeah, no, I I truly want the boss to show up in a Fast and the. Uh, Furious movie as John Hop and you wouldn't skip a beat. It's true. This is this is essentially the character John Hop. This is essentially um, it, it's 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 Dirty Harry, 
with a mullet, a motorcycle, and a shitty script. That's basically <laughs> what we have. Oh, oh, I mean, and I mean, there's the bad guys are so bad. Everything's turned up to eleven. I oh mean, yeah. It, I mean, even the start scene uh, where John Huff is forced to uh, stop a grocery store robbery. I mean, the bad guys aren't. <laughs> I mean, you don't get the sense they're out for drugs or anything like that. Three guys robbing, robbing this grocery store that, you know, obviously only had probably they're they're making it out with two hundred dollars, maybe. I mean, it so is he causes about eight hundred dollars worth of damage. Yeah, I could say more like eight thousand. Yeah, yeah. windows. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, is that uh, this is absolutely the Spinal Tap of action movies <laughs> because it is everything turned up to 11. And that, you know, so this was a movie that I saw a very, you know, when it came out and I absolutely loved it, loved it a lot. And then I watched it um, probably about two or three years after that and, and I was, and I didn't enjoy it quite as much. So I, I was really interested in watching it again this time because I was just like, is this going to be a movie that I love or is it going to continue like the downward trend? And after watching it again, I'm like, well, no, fuck, I love this movie. This is a great action movie because it is everything overdone like if if it's just like you got a trope you got an action movie trope chuck the fucker in there because you know we're going to use them all every one of them it's so true this i love this type of film there's so many of this type of film from the the 80s they're just the hyper testosterone oh, you, you, you say know like there's not a there's not we need more Oh, yeah, we need more. I agree. But this and like Roadhouse and Cobra and, you know, Raw Deal and just like all of these. And they all have the same shine of like B movie, big budget, big B movie shine to them. And, and they're just so they're all the same. They all look the same. They all feel the same. And they're all awesome. I think it takes it takes a while to get going for me. That's my only uh, that's my only critique on that side. Is oh, oh come on, the third, I mean, the third act. That is... first scene is awesome, and then you go straight into the iguana and the naked woman. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch a movie called Iguana and the Naked Woman. <laughs> well, I think I think we all would. Sorry, Komodo I think, Dragon. Yeah, yeah I would. Watch uh, you'll be disappointed. It's actually a spy thriller. Iguana. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a slapstick comedy still, starring Ringo Starr. I think I still might watch it. <laughs> Ringo Starr and the Bosworth. The, the Bos, that's what I want to see. That's my next new movie. <laughs> oh, that'd be fantastic. Yes. I, I I do think that uh I, I think that you weren't a, I don't think you were legally allowed to uh to make a movie like this without William Forsyth. Uh, <laughs> I, I there there might there given the amount of films like this that he's in, you may there may be tax credits involved or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was filming another one just like I think it was uh the the one he did with Steven Seagal. He felt he filmed it concurrently. So he'd be available for a week for this and then he'd go on to a film with Steven Seagal and film that for a week and then come back to this one. It was out for justice, I think. <laughs> that that would be a great theme season, like eight films that were all filmed at the same time. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> performers wandering back. And forth. Mm, that's not bad. <laughs> 
See, the the problem that I can see with this movie is that I don't I don't know how much to talk about it without scoring the damn thing because it's just because like it's really hard to break down the story because it's so completely like random and it's silly. No, <laughs> it's about the explosions, the not the story. To think about the plot, which is sort of the counterpoint to this movie. Yeah. It's sort of don't think about it. I mean, how the bad guys don't know he's a cop for the majority of this movie is bizarre, beyond anything. <laughs> no, but how they actually deduce it when they do is also, or at least the girl, how she deduces it is beyond belief as well. Oh, so good. And I mean, you have, have like the action movie tropes, uh, like the bumbling cop partner, which... Should have been an obvious tip-off at any point during this movie. <laughs> Hell, I, I think the Bumbling Cop actually says his name at one point wrong. Well, they do constantly are pronouncing the city they're in wrong. So. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, what city man. was it, and what were they saying? It was, it's Biloxi, and they're pronouncing it Bilaski. Bil- oh, okay. Maybe there was some kind of, like... Needed to Greek that for uh, for legal reasons. Like we want to get, we don't get in, both both to get in trouble with Biloxi and also uh, maybe copyright infringement with Biloxi Blues. Um, Could be. Getting those two things confused. Oh yes, <laughs> this is uh yeah. I'm okay if we go right to scoring. It'll still take a while. <laughs> right. In our search for the ultimate B-movie, we rate each film in five categories. None of these categories is objective quality. The first one is called Schlock Appeal, and we start with Stan. Uh, this has a lot of appeal, and it really does have a lot of schlock. I mean, like, everything explodes. I mean, like, it, it doesn't matter what it is, everything explodes. Yeah. Oh, like, that's the one thing we didn't do. What did this film teach you? <laughs> that everything explodes. That's everything the... explodes. Your windshield gets cracked. It's going to explode. It's going to explode. Yeah. You just look at something funny, and it's like, kaboom! You know, that's... That's all that it takes. Um, so I mean, you know, watching this, it's just, it's just sheer escapist fun. And I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this a nine for just that, just being completely over the top. Uh, th- this is the movie that I rate all action movies against. <laughs> so I have to go with a ten. Wow, that is a that is a, a hell of a score. But I understand it's a favorite of yours, and it is awesome. I mean, the fact is. Brian Bosworth can't act, but he's still awesome. He is like, totally awesome. He's awesome with no. He can't act, but dude has charisma out out the every pore of his body. Like he's just loaded with charisma, and you can't deny that. And and the charisma and just the entire like I say, it's not the first of these, but it's it's the most generic in a wonderful way. <laughs> and I love it so eight. Right, I have. I, I maybe it's uh, maybe it's because I saw this too late. I don't have any nostalgia for it because I, I I never seen maybe it. Oh really? Uh, okay. Then no. maybe I saw it. Maybe I didn't. I have I have no memory of seeing it anyway. Uh, didn't connect with me as much, but I'm still gonna go with the seven. Actually, I can't say I never saw it before. I saw like 20 minutes of it on late night <laughs> TV 
once. If it wasn't the right 20 minutes. <laughs> it's like in the middle. It was enough for me to think it was awesome. It was enough for me to look at Lance Hendrickson's hair and go, this is the greatest movie ever. <laughs> He's got, does have some awesome hair in that. Uh, all right. More heart than budget. Reported budget uh, $17 million, uh, in uh, 1991. I got $25 million in in my research so <laughs> so sometimes wiki and uh and imdb have to radically different radically different yes, numbers that's funny um I, I think this is where i will ding it because i mean when you talk about generic action movies this one is a generic action movie that just happens to star uh you know a big name ex-football player in that regard so i'm only going to give it a three i I love I love this movie, but you can't. I just don't know how you can score this part high. Uh, <clears throat> no, I'm not going high either. But on the other hand, no one's phoning it in. I mean, William oh, Forsythe. They go is, for it. <laughs> is going for it for years. I I did not realize Lance Henderson was the was chains in this movie. He completely scared scared me as a badass. I mean, it wasn't until, well, like several years after I saw Aliens that I even connected the two. Um, he totally transforms into this this role. But uh, that said, I mean, it is it is the obvious, you know, generic action film. So I can't read it too high. Um, so seven. I, uh, <laughs> it's worth noting, uh, every single line of dialogue Lance Henderson has in this movie, he wrote himself. Nice. <laughs> he wrote all his own dialogue. Uh, and it's a wonderful dialogue, isn't it? Um, it's, it's like, there's a lot of problems. Like the movie fired its director after four weeks and replaced it. And they, you know, it had an, an NC 17 cut for violence and that cut is lost. And cause they cut it down to, get an R and they never kept the other cut. And I know, I know. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I've I've been saying there's all these lost cuts that are sitting in a drawer somewhere and we have time to release them right now. Yeah. Like we're we're getting getting time for this. We're getting a new Godfather three. We're getting a new justice league. We can get a new stone cold. I would go, the funny thing is, is that I would go see this in the theater. I, I, know, that, I know that Stan, that, like, of the three, the Stan's like, I, it's Stone Cold. Like, yeah. I, I, I give another shot at Godfather, maybe, but. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to take a lot of cut. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, uh, like to say, they, they fired the director the halfway through and. Like, you know, they, there was an entire storyline where he's married and he has a kid and a sister lives with them and all that is cut. And that probably would have given it a lot more heart. But like I say, they go for it. So a six. You know, it's it's funny when you said that Lance Henriksen wrote all his own dialogue. I doubled my score to a six. Because <laughs> <laughs> that that alone, he he chews up the scenery. Like I'm surprised he didn't gain weight. He ate he chews up so much scenery. Oh, uh, welcome to my slaughterhouse. Uh, every, and he's such fun. not a tough guy, like physically, but for some reason he just pulls it off, like with attitude. What was the line? Something about uh, this is the biggest pork chop I'm ever going to eat. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, what the fuck moments? 
I, you know, so so I started. I, I was earnest at the beginning of this movie. I I really wanted to write down all the WTF moments, <laughs> and and so I was just like, I was just like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get through this. And so like, you know, we talked early about the grocery store, and I'm like, why the hell are these guys wasting bullets shooting up a grocery store like this? This part that doesn't make any sense. And even and you know, continuing on that theme, like there's three of them. And so the one guy's like, like the leader guy sends the one guy. He's like, okay, get the money. And then Bosworth walks in, and he and he's like, you know. Then they hear him walking, and then the leader tells the guy who's collecting the money, okay, go go find out what's going on. And I'm like, why is it always the same guy that you're sending? Like, what, like I thought you were here to get the money, but um, but like after that, I started watching the movie, and I was just like, dude. Everything explodes. Wow. Everything is, like, insane. There's And so I think the what the fuck is the fact that, that like, they did truly put everything into this movie. Like, I mean, you've got a biker gang that, that can steal or that can get military people flying military helicopters that that the biker gang control and you know you've got motorcycles flying out windows you've got motorcycles driving driving through the halls of the courthouse and stuff like that i mean everything is in this movie and that to me is completely what the fuck that you would put all of it in so i'm going to go with an eight uh yeah no the wtf is high on this film I mean, the boss's fashion choices in the first half of this movie alone. Uh, the, the fact that they wedge a set of breasts in any spare corner of this movie for no apparent reason other than it's awesome. Other than the uh, obvious reason, yeah. The, the, the fact that our hero can shoot a trailer off the back of a truck. <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, we got motorcycles taking out helicopters. And to top it all off, our hero achieves no goals he set out to do. <laughs> uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't save anybody. Nobody's arrested at the end of this film. Everybody's dead. Everyone the bo- the bad guys want killed is killed. <laughs> it's true. Yes, still true. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Um, uh, it, it is an amazing piece of suspended disbelief or something because you're with him for the entire ride, and no, at no point do I really think this is stupid, but. If you ever stop to think about it, it is incredibly stupid and dumb and WBF. I'm going with, oh, I want to say 10, but ah, nine. I just like this movie too much. But it is high in the WTF scale. I mean, yeah. He is the worst cop ever. <laughs> like, he is. This guy is terrible, terrible, terrible at his job. I mean, there's all the people they want killed, but there's also just all the other people killed. <laughs> just collateral damage everywhere, including the scene where, okay, uh, he he is uh, followed by William Forsythe, uh, where he meets because he gets a call to meet his uh, to meet his his klutzy partner. So he meets his klutzy partner to to tell him, you know, you you're you can't do it anymore. They they found some. 
some some military people were killed, you know, and and uh, you know you're out. And he's like, well, I can't get out. And I'm like, why? What? Why? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you know, I can't do that. And I'm like, what? what? They're telling you to get out, like you know, no, no big deal. But he's like, I can't. I'm not going to do it. Tell them no. Tell them I said no. You don't even live here. What do you mean you can't get out? (laughs) So, so the William Forsythe that shows up and 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 screams at him, shoots him with this, uh, shoots at him with a uh, uh, you know machine gun, an Uzi, right? They get on motorcycles and then there's this motorcycle chase. The end of this motorcycle chase is for Brian Bosworth to pull up beside William Forsythe. Push him into the oncoming lane where he hits a car. That car explodes, killing this innocent human being driving that car in order for William Forsythe to die. Who we next see his body somehow the bikers are recovered to do some sort of ritual with him. Which is the best ritual ever. It's like a it's like a witch's ritual, burning him at the stake on his bike. He killed it. You gotta be kidding me! I watched that scene like seven times. He's trying to like, yes, seriously. There's somebody in the car. You can see them, and then boom, explosion because he shoved the bike into it. It's one of the all-time great WTFs, and it's not the only one in this movie. I'm actually going to tap out and not say anymore because I I want you to back clean up here, James. Uh, I'm giving it a nine, though. I, I, I think a goodly amount of the, the WTF in this film for me is that is the third act. You talk about third act problems. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> no, nothing in the third act makes a lick of sense. Um, <laughs> so... So it, kind of our, our our turning point leading toward the big finale is that uh, is that uh, Stone John Stone is uh, he's he needs to he at, they've all been working toward a fake drug buy where they're going to bust the whole gang and they're going to get the gang and they're going to get the mobsters and everyone that's involved in all all of the parts of this and it's it's not a great plan um, <laughs> but but he. Uh, he, uh, he needs to he needs to make sure that he's got something that's gonna get Lance Henriksen's uh, uh, attention. So he he has this uh, he has a sample of this drug uh, P2P, which I, I looked up. You, you ask about what what did I learn? I looked up P2P is a real drug. Uh, a P2, it's a it's an early version of uh, meth, uh, is what he actually has there. I don't know if it comes in liquid form. It does in the movie. Uh, <laughs> yes, it I'm, I'm going to assume it doesn't. Actually. Looks shockingly like water. Yes. <laughs> Looks a lot like water. In a glass. So, okay, so John goes back to his contact, his, uh, his, his uh, slapstick com- uh, cop contact, and he says, I need 400 gallons of B2P in a truck. And they, they make that happen. And uh, he's like, they're nervous because that's like all that's seized 400 gallons of drugs, incredibly rare, incredibly expensive drugs that seem to not be worth actually that much money in the in the end of things. Well, it takes an entire it takes an entire trailer full of this to to to, to make up a million bucks. So he says it's, it's 850 gallon drums, I think, is what they actually tell you at some point. Uh, 
which is yeah that truck's too big for for what they're carrying <laughs> it's a full semi and it's like could have fit in a u-haul um <laughs> so, and then uh the the drug buy goes wrong and the guy the the mob guys get it and then you know the bit that uh, jack mentioned where he shoots the the trailer off of the truck because he can't let them get away with the drugs the trailer explodes and it was a zillion pieces by hitting a gas station because gas stations explode too um at no point in that entire process does anyone look at the at the barrels of drugs. They could have been anything in those. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> there's not a single moment where it matters that there's drugs inside that. Oh, no. They, they, <laughs> when you looked it up, did you find out if that – what is it called? P2B? P2P. P2P. Did you find out if it's explosive? I didn't. I didn't. It's, it's, it is a, it is a, if I've learned anything from Breaking God, it's that it's explosive all, at all points in its creation. So, <laughs> so and I'm, I'm thinking they did a little more research than Stone Cold did. Uh, but is, which, which leads me to a broader question for all of you who, and, and especially Nick, who has seen the movie many times. In the third act, how was that plan supposed to work? <laughs> because it, it, it gets it, off trail really easily. We see it not work, but in, it, it doesn't work in the way that I can't see how it was going. To I, I think so. I, I think that the ideal thing was that they were going to be caught with the P2P, with the enormous amount of P2P. And then, of course, you would because. No, because, no. I mean, past that, the bad guy's plan. Oh, the, the bad, bad guy's, guy's plan. plan. Oh. They're going to kill the DA, who apparently is the most protected man in the country, because they have to wait until he's in the middle of a sealed building oh, before yes. they make a move on him. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they have to that's, that's what they need to do. How did the gun that he grabs from underneath <laughs> the, the, the table, chair in front of him get stuck into the courthouse, by the way? Well, the that, Uzi that has. Because he had his cross. Sneaks, yeah, sneaks his way into the room where the DA is with a gun. And I'm like, why does anything else in this plan happen? If I, thought he, I thought it was strapped that... to the bottom of the chair. No, he, I didn't even see yeah. Well, because he came in, he beeped, but he was dressed as a priest. And so he lifts yes. up the big cross and, and like, oh, oh, you know, and it's like, oh, of course, Father. You know I remember I mean? that part. I just thought that it was actually strapped. I didn't think he actually had it on him. I thought it was strapped to the chair in front of him or whatever underneath. Uh, and he, it could have been, you know. <laughs> I, I, I think I've detected your fatal flaw here. Is you thought about what was going on. Yes, it's true. <laughs> that is a giant problem. We've already tried See, to explain yes. too and much. I, and I that's, just went in, oh, they got a helicopter. That trumps everything. <laughs> yes, they have a helicopter that exploded before the bike that hit it hit it. Yes. <laughs> Who was that character with the helicopter? All of a sudden, there's a guy with a helicopter, and I'm like, he's not part of the gang. What the hell is? Oh no, I mean, he's he's in the military because he just wanders in and he's just like, you know, that I can fly this helicopter better than you. And I'm like, I didn't need like, why did we? I didn't even need that scene. He was a transfer from another biker gang. He bought bought his way (laughs) in at the beginning of the movie. I I have the I have the film in front of me. I can confirm he gets that gun from underneath one of the chairs. I thought so. I thought so. So number one, then why do the beats thing 
and the cross thing and and, and how the hell that gets strapped in there. And more importantly, why does anything else happen if you can get a gun <laughs> waiting for you in the room? <laughs> why does a single other thing happen? And, and if they were planning on killing everybody, then why did they why did they bought the why did they need the helicopter and all that stuff? You would think that they could just shoot everybody and just leave at that point. Well, the helicopter was like, just a getaway. It's it's one of those moments of like what in this story would be different if Stone Cold wasn't there, <laughs> and it's not much. Yeah. Not much. No. Pro, pro, that, probably actually, it, as you talk about them being the worst police officer, uh, they only get the money for this because of the drug deal that Stone Cold set up. <laughs> so again, if Stone Cold, none of this would have happened if Stone Cold wasn't there. Well, because Stone Cold had a plan. He had a plan, which, of All course, right. failed miserably. But he's not Stone Cold. He's John Stone, but he's not John Stone. He's Joe Huff. That's my last WTF. Please, please, I've been waiting for you to get to this one. I was <laughs> going to do last, it and thought you last, mentioned uh, My last WTF is that the guy, his name is John Huff. He goes undercover as John Stone. The film is called Stone Cold, which means if there had been a sequel to this called Stone Cold 2, he would have had to go undercover using the fake identity from the first film to be in the second film for it to make any sense. <laughs> well, not only that, but so there's the female, the female lead. She gets a phone call, but they check to see if this John Stone guy. They 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 call their the, the biker gang calls their their patrol a patrol woman they they know who can look up and see this name and cross reference it or whatever with the the database and DMV, yeah yeah. So they look it up and it turns out that he has an alias. He's also Joe Huff, and she immediately goes, "Well, that must mean you're a cop." I'm like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> you are in a band? You're in a gang with people named Gut." And trouble, shame. <laughs> you think those are the Christian names? And all you're of a sudden, guy. because he has named John Stone, he's like, you must, don't tell me you're a cop. It doesn't even say it's an alias. It says it's linked to another account. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, so, so like, you're, like, the guy who set up your fake identity didn't think of that? <laughs> didn't do a good job at all. I mean, like, apparently the well, FBI or whoever, yeah, it was the FBI that we was loaned out to. It's just like, good job, good job, guys. And, and this patrol woman working for the police wouldn't see that the name Joe Huff is actually a police officer, even though he was listed at the beginning of the film as having the most motorcycle arrests of any police officer. Uh, well, obviously they did something, but like the FBI did something, just not everything. They're in Mississippi, and he's a he's an Alabama police officer. Yeah. So I, I don't think that excuses anything. It's nine out of nope. ten for me. <laughs> Uh, memorable moments. I mean, you know, it's it's an interesting case because I don't know for me how much is memorable. I re- I remember loving the movie, of course, in, in that moment, but I uh, but I don't necessarily remember things other than how cool the boss is and everything exploding. But one thing I, I will take out of this was uh, was definitely from Lance Henriksen and uh, <laughs> tell him to keep his castles out of my sandbox. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, oh, that's, that's like, that caused me to think for a few minutes right there. It's just like, ooh, interesting. But um, the thing about it is that 
it doesn't I in this case it doesn't matter what I will remember what I will remember is that if I want action stone cold that's all I need so I will go with uh, I'm going to go with the uh, 6 yeah this is not a surprise 10 um yeah I remember <laughs> all Komodo dragon movies pretty high I don't know why I just do um, can, I, can I can I recommend clean up on Come aisle on. four is probably one of the greatest uh, after action scenes I've ever heard um, the fashion Lance Hendrickson uh, William Forsythe on the big fucking funeral fire I mean it's all awesome and all memorable 10 when I when I think of this, oh, you were gonna say something about Komodo. There's, there's a movie actually called Komodo that uh, that uh, if you like Komodo movies, <laughs> yeah, go for that. Seems like there's just that's your jam right there. No, I this personally is, go with the freshman, but <laughs> this is um like it all blends together because it's all just ridiculous. It's like a 90 minute movie that feels like it takes 15 minutes to watch. <laughs> like, it's just like, just crazy, just mashed together action. No sense. No, no anything. So no individual moment stands out for me, except for when I think of the movie, I don't think of the boss. I think of Lance Henriksen and that hair. Cause it's just so odd on him. Cause I'm used to him having that same look that we're used to for so many movies. Uh, and uh, it's just like, burned into my mind so it's like the movie itself is totally memorable i remember the movie i remember the feel i remember the 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 explosions and the actions but i don't remember any individual part so the it's a memorable movie not a memorable moment but i'll still give it a six I think uh, I think I shot my load there on uh, what the fuck moments. I don't think anything. I think that's the stuff that's going to stick rather than any uh, particular part of the film. So only a four for me. Uh, final category: crazy concept. I mean, I mean, you took a football player who was just coming off of you know like being a big name, inj- you know, had an injury, so he needed another line of work. You stuck him in a biker action movie that you threw the kitchen sink at, and it was 1991. I mean, this is exactly the kind of time that you could release this kind of movie and get away with it. Um, It's amazing, and it makes no sense whatsoever, but I don't think there's anything particularly fresh about Stone Cold, so I'm just going to have to give it a three. Um. Yeah, originality is not this movie's strong <laughs> Um This is what you get, like, when they go, okay, what can we do? We, we, we've signed this uh, football player that can't play football anymore. We, we want to make him into an action uh, or uh, a movie person. What do you do? Well, you know, we got this leftover script from a Van Damme movie or a Sloan movie or something. Let's go with that. That's all this is. It's completely awesome, but yeah. Uh, crazy concept? No, I'm giving it a two. Yeah, I got a little bit more because it, it is a totally – it's the most generic of these things ever. But the fact is, I mean, you have to understand how big the boss was. Like the, the personality was larger than life despite flopping in the NFL. Um just as a personality, he was in all these commercials and all these different things. It's like a huge, you know, so so understanding that thinking that, that you could put him in 
to a movie, I get. But thinking that he should star and I don't know, man, it's, it's the fact you put the boss in this is really to me what's the dummy or the craziest concept about it. Uh, other than that, nothing else. But I'm going to give it a four. I think uh, all the stuff that you all said. Uh, three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let us uh, let us now submit this to the gods of the octagon. Uh, 64.5 out of 100, uh, which which puts it right behind Cabin Boy and dead even with Fatal Deviation. <laughs> I don't even remember Fatal Deviation. What the hell oh, is you, that? You, the Irish Kumite. God. Oh, oh, there you go. <laughs> Generic title, clearly. Well, obviously, we need to revisit <laughs> I, the memorable moments. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, I was trying to think oh, of the movie. I came up a totally different film we did, and I kept thinking of Fatal Deviation. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not done this uh, episode. Do we do business first? Oh, we do business first. Yes, yes, because uh, we are, we are, of course, wrapping up our eighty-five minutes of fame, and so, so let's let's give them some business, Jim. Give them your business. Hey, remember I just mentioned the Octagon? You can find that on wetalkpodcasts.com. It's the record of all of the films we have done on the show, and you can sort them by the individual categories as well as final scores. Uh, we Talk Podcasts has a Twitter. They have a Facebook. And we are on Instagram at the Cult Film Showdown. Awesome. Well, now we are prepared to talk about some Sybil Danning and what I had called the sibilance season, the, the spotlight on Sybil Danning. And she's got some wonderful, wonderful attributes that she brings to Eight her. Eight movies uh, does not feel like enough here, it, I have to say. It, it kind of doesn't. But, uh, but you know, she, she just, you know, she brings her charms to the screen every time. And, and mm -hmm. I know I always look forward to seeing those charms. So let's. And we're guess, I'm guessing we'll see them in a few of the films. <laughs> I, that's my guess. So we should absolutely um, gibberate. That's right. I gotta. Oh, I gotta. I gotta do a whole bunch of stuff here on the random the uh, the gibberator before it lets me gibberate. Oh, you mean you didn't remember to do the gibberate? <laughs> he wasn't prepared to gibberate. I was not. I I, I want to thank uh, random.org, which is uh, <laughs> the home of the gibberator. I'm not making that name up. <laughs> but you know, have you have you considered emailing them and asking for sponsorship and and asking I them to rename it Gemerator? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in that in in the opposite order than that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, money money's good, but you know, renaming it. All right. <laughs> That's more important. Yes. And Gemerate. Oh, it's me. All right. I'm not used to that. I. Uh, all right. Well, this is uh, going to it's harder than I thought it would be. I didn't expect to go first. <laughs> Mine's easy. I could have gone first and second, and I'd be good. <laughs> All right. Uh, a squad of female mercenaries take on an organization called Space Clean, which is dedicated <laughs> to stopping space exploration. Panther Squad, 1984. Panther Squad is so. Panther Squad is the movie that made me want to do this season. <laughs> I started watching. It was my first pick. Yes, I started watching <laughs> Panther Squad. I got about 15 minutes of the way in, and I'm like, I can't keep going with this because we need to do this on the show. <laughs> so it's perfect. It's it's an ideal choice. It's 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 wow. All right, and Jim Reed. Uh, is Nick. Alrighty. 
Well, I am going with uh, the strongest man on Earth, Hercules, starring the Incredible Hulk himself and Simul Simul Danning. (laughs) Directed by an Italian guy, so you know it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Eight films is not enough. (laughs) (laughs) And Jeffrey. Uh, it is Stan. All right. Well, uh, I am very happy to uh, to like my of my top two choices. One, of course, is already off the board. Like I'm a winner, no doubt about this, because because <laughs> I knew that my top two choices were going to make it no matter what. Uh, but speaking of two, I'm going with Howling Two. Your sister is a werewolf. Man. All right. That that was going to be my next one, so it was going to make it either way. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, for sure. And and it is obviously in my consideration, but uh, I'm going to go. If we're going to do Hercules, let's do another Sword and Sandals movie that actually has nudity. Warrior Queen. <laughs> Warrior Queen. Fine movie. I actually just watched it recently. All Excellent. right. All right. End of round one. End of round one. And Jim Raid again. Nick, you're up first this time. All right, you. You, you criticize my last pick for a lack of nudity. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll see your Sybil and raise you a Linda Blair with chained heat. <laughs> yes. 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 I'm glad that was the one. I was my now two of my top three are now in. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, uh, isn't Monique, what's her name in uh, chained heat as well? You know, uh, I can uh, Monique Monique Gabrielle, Wendy o. Williams, Linda I think, is Blair. in it. Uh, Monique Gabrielle has a has a has a part in uh, Change. I think it's Wendy o. Williams is in it. Yeah, there's a. Uh, it's going to be great. We, I I don't think we, we haven't spent a lot of time in women's prisons yet. So I know it's amazing. Yeah. And we haven't spent enough in there. Well, there are a couple more choices available for this season. <laughs> yeah, there <laughs> is. There's an is. enormous amount. Yes. All right, where am I at on my list? Because I. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right. Are you hopefully up? I'm, hopefully, I'm not luck next because I don't. <laughs> okay. And Jim Reed. You know to take multiple choices. Jack. I, I did take multiple choices. All right. I'm not screwing around. <laughs> Reform school girls. Boom. Boom. <laughs> we got it in there. Now all three of my tops are in there. Reform school girls. Reform school girls. Solid. Solid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Jim Wright. All right, Stan. All right, well, for me, this is this is a tough one. It's it's going to be Olin Ray. So it's it's going to be the Tomb, or it's going to be the Phantom Empire. I feel like oh, I I, I feel in the Tomb. All right, Tomb it is. It was it was in my possibles list. It didn't was quite that, make. Uh... The tomb. I, I I don't see that on her list here. Is that also known as uh, jungle? Uh, no, jungle waters uh, should be on. No, it should be under the tomb. The, yep, 1986 with, yeah, with John Carradine and Cameron Mitchell. So Cameron you know, like Mitchell. that's that's if I need to sell something, then it's oh, just like oh, it is. Cameron Cameron Mitchell. That's all I really need. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. All right. Well, I'm going to uh, don't screw it up. 
<laughs> All right, I'll Jim Rage because I need some <laughs> last. I, I I think I think we got a lot of we got a lot of sword and sorcery. We got a lot of genre. So uh, so we'll wrap it up with a with a crime. Uh, crime horror is what it's actually classified as. Uh, they're playing with fire. Okay, good. All right. A, a marriage call a married college professor decides to seduce her student whom she has hired as a handyman for her yacht. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear that one's got lots of nudity. <laughs> yeah, I, I I took a glance at it, and uh, that that uh, was why it leaped up to the top of the list there. I, I thought about uh, Cat in the Cage, but it didn't quite seem uh, to, to fit with what we were doing. Um, Phantom Empire. No, I, I don't think we chose a single movie before 1980, and she was in a lot of, but... Tell you the truth, those are I'm 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 super happy with these choices. Oh, it's gonna be an amazing season. Like just the the names. I mean the, the when you look at these movies, but like and and like you say, I mean we could have gone further because I really really did want to do the Phantom Empire. I looked at L.A. Bounty, uh, which is a character that she also made into a comic book, and it's just like oh, there's so much. There's so much stuff here <laughs> or yeah. even young lady chatterley would have given us uh, something <laughs> would have been a, would have been a thing yeah yeah <laughs> totally would have been a thing you know, you know so so yeah i mean it's like sybil danning thank you for being sybil danning <laughs> I, I feel like we could go back and still do we should reach out to her and let her know we're doing the season because she's awesome <laughs> Yeah, I feel like we could do another season of her movies and just you know pick, clean up clean up Easily. some of the rest of it and be very happy. <laughs> the fact Jungle Warriors wasn't chosen is amazing. I know it's true because that you know again three three women on the cover. run. Yeah, it's just like... three women on the run in the jungle, uh, dude. That's our jam. <laughs> I, if, if, I mean, next time we'll give you the option of putting in some movies. Yeah, but um, <laughs> what would you lose? Yeah, that's the problem, right? Oh yeah, I mean it's it's too much. I mean like like we've got art house, we've got everything in between. This uh, this should be this should be quite wonderful. All right. Uh, so anybody have anything else before we uh, wrap up and go watch some uh, Sybil Danik? Watch some Sybil Danik. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for some Sybil Danik. All sure. right. Well, okay. I, gotta, I, I gotta check to make sure I have tissues left in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> pull out your Sybil Danning sock. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, that's, there's no more. No more can be said now. But uh, okay. So for Jim, Jack, and uh, Nick, I am your host, 8th Dan Stanadu, and thank you for listening to the Cult Film Showdown. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Brian Bosworth. You know... All my life, people have had the wrong idea about me. I don't like cops who make up the rules as they go. They say I push things just a little too far. They accuse me of being insensitive. <laughs> they basically say that I lack the ability to get along with others. So just to prove these people wrong, I decided to join a very exclusive and private club. Oh, yes, it's very plush. And the membership? Very select. And games? <laughs> we play some games. A perfect place for me, wouldn't you think?
wrong passenger, buddy! <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Brian Bosworth requests the pleasure of your company, Stone Cold.